Hey everybody, this is Timmy Time of the Batman Revolution Podcast. This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Did I say any time, Tim? Boom, you got it. Okay. But what good, episode good. number are we on? 80-something, I don't know. <laughs> 80, 85, right there. It's right in front of me. There Jeez, you so, You know, I'm definitely prepared for, um, for this show. Um, <laughs> Every episode. But you know, Tim, I was, I was thinking about you, Ooh. naked. Okay. First, I was like, "Oh, oh nice." Dane thinks of me, but I was like, "Okay." <laughs> no, no. I was thinking about uh, you at Toys R Us when you used to work at Toys R Us, and those uh-huh. people used to come in for the Pokemon cards. Uh-huh. And wait a second, uh, how long ago was this? Like fifteen years ago? Exactly fifteen <laughs> years yeah, ago. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just wondering what that conversation was like. Like. Let's say you're you, right? You, you're behind the counter, and I'm a pres- uh, I'm a parent of a kid that wants Pokemon cards, right? Okay. So, are the Pokemon cards like behind the desk and behind the counter, or is it like you pick it up off the shelf and no. then you? Because those. I remember they used to be in like a case. Yeah, like, they're actually. Yeah. We kept them in a case behind like a locked glass cabinet where. Uh, oh. I kept them in the video game department, which is where I work. Right. Yeah. And since that's that's kind of where they had the security like alarm stuff in that section, so they try to keep it in the most secure place as possible. So I was the one with the key when I it was my shift who had to get all the cards out and hand them <laughs> to the cash register. Because sometimes so, they would keep them before they actually kept them behind the register, but it was the most secure place, so they kept them behind that glass cabinet where we had to get them out. See, when I played the game, I never went to Toys R Us for them. I just went to comic book stores. I don't. Yeah, most parents at that time probably would never have thought of that. <laughs> it was like Toys R Us. They're the toy store. Let's go there and create yeah. a line around the store a Sunday yes. morning when the ads like, come out saying we have Pokemon at, cards. At some comic book shops, like they had the real rare, real rare ones. There was there wasn't a shot in hell that you get out of the packs and. You know, Toys R Us. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so let's, so I'll, I'd probably say, hi, can I have some Pokemon cards, or is it, is there like a, a, different, are, are there different packs of Pokemon cards, or is there just one? Well, right now we got the fossils booster pack. We got the jungle theme booster pack and those are the only two themes i can remember right now <laughs> i know there was well, like it's expanded so much since it started because there's no longer 150 yeah. pokemon or whatever <laughs> but then so, i have to, so go, how I have to I... tell you yeah we have these but there's like only two packs per customer yeah so so how would i how would i know which one i mean i guess you would ask the kid but that's the thing yeah he would just say yeah okay, he... give me the two fossil packs or something like that Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll pretty much go, okay, wait online the cash register, and I'll bring them up when you get there. Oh, I see. But yeah, see, this, this, like, this fascinates me. <laughs> see, it wouldn't last that long, though, because they would be gone in an hour. So <laughs> it was like an hour by day just doing that. So there would be people waiting before the store even opened just to yep. get these Pokemon cards. Sunday morning. Like I said, when the ad would go out and they'd advertise yeah. that they're in, yep. So was there a limit on what you could you could um, purchase, mm-hmm. or how how many you could purchase? Yeah, usually it's like two packs per customer or per person. And of yeah, course, as so, of right now, 
I, I, when it started, wasn't it like 100 or 250 Pokemon out there that you could catch? Uh, yeah, I want to say like 150, but I think that probably jumped up. As of right now, there's a total of 718. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> Man, actually, I, that's a lot, but I would think like being around 16 years now, maybe longer, be up to 1,000 <laughs> with all the games they've had out in the cards. Yeah. Well, I mean, it took them a while because, I mean, those three, the red, blue, and yellow Pokemon games for Game Boy, they were still selling like hotcakes, like even yep. 10 years ago, you know? So, but then they came out with all the ruby and the gold and, you know. Sapphire. <laughs> yeah. Black, or I think, is there a black? That, I mean. I, yeah, I black kinda, and white. Yeah, right? okay. And Once X and I y. caught all 250 Pokemon or whatever it was in, like, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s. I kind of lost interest. So, so, man, you're a diehard to get all the original Pokemon at least collected. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked the game back then. It was a good, it was, like, I remember there was a Memorial Day and uh, we were off of school or whatever. And all I did was play that game. And so, like, yeah, I really liked it. I, I'm a role-playing game. I'm a role-playing game fan anyway. Like, like I've played every Final Fantasy. Nice. Uh, Legends here. of Dragoon, you know. Oh, man, I'm glad you mentioned that. That was a game that I think is underrated for an RPG. Very much so. I think they should redo that one, too. Yeah. And, they're, I mean, they're, I can't believe they're actually remaking Final Fantasy VII. Like, that's uh, going to be amazing. Me and Dan were just talking about that. I was like, probably our top E3, one of our top E3 games. <laughs> one else. Well, it kind of sounds like it was going to be, it's going to be a remake and a sequel, in a way. Like, if you listen to the, the, what the guy says, he said the comet that threatened us all. And I can't remember if there that had happened pre-Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, oh. if I remember right, I think it was like during, but I think they were kind of, at least the trailer was hinting at, they were kind of playing that as a joke where like you thought this would never happen, and then like we're going back to like the game you guys have <laughs> got yeah, asked for. Yeah, the reunion that's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just couldn't get a read on it. Like, it was, it, it was like, there was that day that the comet could have annihilated us all, and like they're coming back, you know. So I don't know. We're, we'll have to see when it comes out in 2017. So I better make that release date for its 20th anniversary. Well, it gets delayed or canceled, and then you know you, you, then, you know you're you're back to. It's just waiting a, for it. <laughs> I mean, it's such a perfect opportunity. 2017, 20 year anniversary. I mean, to have Absolutely. it get pushed back from that year, it'd be such a disappointment and a waste. <laughs> it really would be. Did you guys see that movie that they made? Advent Children? Yeah, I got it on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that movie. I mean, I thought it was a good sequel. The action on it's really cool. The story was okay. I wouldn't say it's the best, but the visuals and the action on it, it's, it's worth it just for that. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, I hope that if this Final Fantasy VII remake like does good business and whatnot, that they'll also remake eight. Because yeah. Oh, well, heck, remake all of them, man. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> 
forget the new one. Stop at Final Fantasy 15 and just remake all the previous ones up until that point, <laughs> and I'll be a happy camper. I can't wait for 15 though, because it looks it looks friggin' amazing. Yeah, it does. I can't wait for that one. Like Maybe that, is... that and Final Fantasy 7 remake will come out at the same time, because who knows when 15 will come out. Like, I'm not even gonna buy a PlayStation 4 for Arkham Knight. I'm waiting for Final Fantasy 15, and then I'll go back and pick up a copy. Okay. <laughs> well, Dan, your PS4 has been waiting for. <laughs> yep, it's great just game. it's just been uh, collecting dust. So. Yeah, it's gonna change next week, though. You don't have to wait for Final yeah. Fantasy 7. <laughs> well, I mean, I rebought uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, because. I figure I might as well get that thing warmed up, or I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I figure I might as well get my what was it like four hundred something dollars worth before you know Arkham Knight comes out. Well, yeah. at least you had one game then. <laughs> yeah, and it came with The Last of Us, so. Oh, so the remastered one. I th- yeah, yeah. Yeah, it would have to. Be. Yeah, the remastered. So. That's cool, at least. Yeah, but I don't know. It's pretty much just going to be Arkham Knight until. Something comes out. Maybe No Man's Sky or something. Battlefront. <laughs> Battlefront. Oh, yeah. yeah the, the, I totally no Man, forgot about that one. No Man's Sky still hasn't come out yet? Nope. No. I think it made its 33 appearance <laughs> this year, but still looking great, though. Like, that's the one where, like, you go out and, like, there's billions of planets that you can... Yeah. Uh, like, search and whatnot, right? Mm, yeah, it's... They're kind of billing it as a never-ending game, almost. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, there, with how many planets that could be out there and whatnot. Yeah, the way they showed it at their press conference, there's going to be a lot. <laughs> or it's like, there's no way one single... Or you're basically have to devote your life to that game if you want to get and everything in, explored. Is it an MMO? No, I don't think so. It's not being billed as that. Is it a co-op? I don't know. I hope it would be. there's some co-op to it. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, but, but but it's like I said, like how are how are you ever gonna find your friends? Well, that's I mean, it's gonna take you like months and months and months just to like, <laughs> get right. halfway there. Unless you're able to like give them a map or something. Or maybe they'll have uh, teleportation technology in the game, where if you want to team up with a friend, you could just teleport to what planet you're on or something, kind of like Star Trek. You see, for some reason, I thought Destiny was No Man's Sky, and. Uh, then I was proven wrong. Yeah, I've heard that's what it was being billed as, but it didn't quite deliver on that front. <laughs> yeah. That's another game, too, I've been playing is Destiny. I heard it's good, See? though, but so, I just heard it didn't live up to its potential. I mean, it's all right. It's just so repetitive. It's not something you could sit there and play for hours and hours. Mm. Well, I mean, most MMOs are like that. Like, I... When I get a PlayStation 4, I'm finally going to, you know, tap back, tap, tap back in on... Uh, no, no, I mean, you're literally doing the same thing over and over again sometimes. Like, there's well, matchmaking, no, but then, like, it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this one again. That's why like, I never last in MMOs. I start off for a yeah. little bit, and then I die out. <laughs> oh, did, did you play DCUO? Yeah, I started on that one, and then I kind of, like, fizzled out of it. <laughs> like, I, I've been... It, there's so many expansions now that I feel like I could go back into it and feel like it's not going to be the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah, that's the thing with MMOs. I like games that do have an ending to it because I feel like I always have to be playing that when there's other games that are out 
that I can play and finish, but then like, but I'm still not done with the MMO or always go on and on. That's kind of where I lose my interest with it. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's payoffs in that game. Yeah, sure. The cutscenes on there, or the, the comic book stuff they have on there, was pretty. Yeah, cool. it's awesome. Yeah, but you can never get your guy looking right. Like you know your character. <laughs> it's like he's always like, you know, the skin the skin tone is too, you know, white or, yeah. you know, he's not the right height or he's too big or something. My brother actually created a pretty cool Boba Fett lookalike character in DCU <laughs> online. <laughs> I've seen so many Captain Americas in DCU online. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, if you if you didn't guess, uh, uh, Tim's with us, and uh, Josh is back, uh, making his triumphant return, so that he can he can or we can start our feud, our fake feud, to get more listeners. You've heard of Family Feud, now it's the Bad Fans Feud. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we're going to be bashing you, Josh, so just be pre- prepared for that. It's all good, homie. I, I am I'm prepared for, you know, the, the baby hits that you're going to give me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, I guess we could just get into our Dark Knight Rises minute-by-minute commentary thing stuff. Uh, we're going from minute 39 to 40. Um, pretty much nothing is probably going to happen in this one. In this uh, episode, again, they're still in the Bat Bunker. So just queue up your, your media, your Blu-ray player or your digital download or your VHS tape or your pirated think, VHS tape. I think this is where he puts on the brakes, but we'll have to see. We'll see All if we right. get that far. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. we'll see something besides the inside of uh, Wayne Enterprises. But uh, so uh, I'm just going to give the countdown. So are you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Hit play. There's a little... Oh, hey, you called it, Josh. There's a phrase. Well, he got done telling him like, about the... Autopilot, huh? Yeah, I thought that was going to go on for a little bit longer in that sequence. Obvious, another nod to the Dark Knight Returns in this section. I just got a lot of, like, black I remember seeing. Like, oh, how can we like, be back to normal just with that brace on? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not all just a brace. <laughs> That's the coolest thing, by the way. The bat uh, suit rising out of the water. Yeah. It was cool here, and then it made for a great ending. <laughs> yeah, but I honestly kind of like the setup that he had in The Dark Knight a little better. In the, in the bunker. That was cool, but again, there's just something about being in the Batcave and seeing the suit in there again. <laughs> it was just yeah. really cool. Well, we made yeah, it. We're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> At least we got to see the bat suit. Exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> the the first time. yeah, it's the first time, right? Yep. Yeah, you're right. Oh. We're making progress on this, Tim. It's a good way to end the whole uh, 30 minute mark of the movie. Now we're moving on to the 40s. Yeah, the, uh, the 41th minute is going to be Alfred like talking about Bane. So that's going to be cool. Let's, we'll probably see more shots of the bat suit there, so that'll make that minute fly by, I bet. Yeah, so uh, I guess we can move on to our future topic, which is going to be Batman Begins, because it's 10 years old. 
uh, earlier this week. Earlier this week, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was Monday. It was like Monday. Well, wasn't it like the 25th anniversary of uh, uh, the Batman Returns today? Uh, was it? <laughs> I'm not keeping track on that one. <laughs> I know Batman Forever had its 20th. Yeah. It was a tough decision to what we should talk about. 20 years of Batman Forever or 10 years of Batman Begins? <laughs> yeah, it was Batman Forever that had the big... Uh... Yes, oh. as of four days ago, June 15th, 2005, was the 10th uh, year anniversary of Batman Begins. Oh, I thought, thought I saw something about Batman Returns. I'm sure that had some yeah. anniversary. I think that came out in June, too. Yeah. yeah. I think we should just talk about uh, Batman Forever because uh, 1995 was Batman Forever. Was so that? Was, June 9th, 1995 was Batman Forever. Oh. So, I mean, Batman Returns was obviously like three years ago, probably in June. Because I, I remember that one came out in 92. Hold on. I gotta look this up. <laughs> it is today, June 19th, 1992. So what is it, 20, 23 years? Oh, it's 23? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, so, Tim, why don't you uh, kick us off? Yeah, so, like I said, 10 years of Batman Begins. First off, it's pretty much hard to believe, I think, right now. <laughs> it does not feel like 10 years. No. But instead of just kind of talking about the movie and what we think of it and all that, because we talked a lot about it over the course of our previous 84 episodes. So for this one, I kind of wanted to, us to share what it was like for us leading up to that moment, so like 2000, early 2005, late 2004, just the hype surrounding and the excitement leading up to the movie when it finally came out. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I'll oh, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, I was going to say, you're going to laugh at what... I'm going to say. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, let's go into the time machine and take a trip back to 2005. So, oh, that's so far back. <laughs> hey, it was a big year. You had episode three and Batman begin. Well, yeah. I'm going to go back a little further than that when, when, when it comes to my experience. But okay. if, if you want to start there, we can. Yeah, we'll throw it to you, Josh. Go ahead and kick us off. Okay. Um, obviously, 1997 was a debacle for <laughs> everyone involved when it came to Batman due to the, you know, just gratuitous madness of Batman and Robin. And from there, uh, in 1998, a little old site called Batman on Film was was in its fledgling years. It was actually called Jet. 360s Batman news site or something like that. So I remember um, just reading his site. Uh, like I think at one point Kurt Russell was like in the running to That's be right, Batman, and then Wolf. At one point Wolfgang Peterson was gonna direct Batman versus Superman. And, like, as fast as they uh, they announced that, the, 
just as fast they pulled the, the rug out from underneath it. And what we got from that is uh, shortly after that is, you know, Christopher Nolan was going to direct the next Batman film. Now, I didn't know Christopher Nolan. Like, I, I hadn't actually seen any of his movies. But now, I mean, I've gone back and watched Memento and, you know, Insomnia. And I felt, yeah, this guy could, could do it, you know. And, uh, you know, I followed the news and everything all the way up to the release date. And uh, I was like, what is Ken Watanabe doing being Rachel Ghoul? But <laughs> from there, I mean, I went to see the movie at midnight on the release date. And, you know, I remember there was just a lot of clapping and, you know, very awesome response by the the people in the uh, theater that I went to. And uh, I actually had a conversation with a guy at the end as we were walking out. And he's all like, they finally did it. They finally gave us our bat, our true bat film. And I'm like, no, sir, that is not going to happen until they give us the Joker. And then he was like, yeah, I guess you're right. And, you know, I went and saw it probably four more times before it went out of theaters. And that's my story. So. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about the reaction at the theaters, that's how it was for me too. <laughs> really, just the it was almost like a relief type thing. Like, yeah, everyone was relieved that oh, they did it, it was good. Like, Batman's back in a good way on in the movie screens now. So, yeah. Well, I remember you know seeing that first trailer that Christian Bale was like, I traveled around the world. Mm. You know. Yeah, even that I, got me pumped up. <laughs> I, I but I, a lot of people went. When I saw that in theaters, they would think it was for like Harry Potter, nine million. But <laughs> um, people were they saw the bats, obviously Batman like Flash. It was Flash Flash, and then the you know the Batman Begins style Nolan style bat just kind of appeared very slowly on the screen, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, again." And, like, they just didn't know what they were in store for. Like, Yeah, that kind of leads into why it – I mean, it did pretty good, but why the box office wasn't as big as, like, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. It just for I guess for a Batman movie, what didn't do as much as it probably could. It's probably as it should, too, being how good it was. But, like you said, it had the sting of following It didn't have Batman very much buzz. Yeah, know? it didn't. Like especially with Star Wars two coming out like a month before, that had all the buzz too. So I'm sure that played into it as far as people anticipating it. Besides the diehard Batman fans like us. Yeah. But okay, Dane, what's your funny story? I'm anxious to hear it now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's funny or if I'm gonna lose my uh, my Batman member card uh, or whatever. Did you not know it was coming out? <laughs> no, no, I knew it was coming out, and. Uh, first off, I thought the bat suit didn't look very good. <laughs> I agree. Secondly, I never liked that uh, bat suit. <laughs> yeah. And secondly, uh, I was pretty much like 
you know what, I don't even care. Because, I mean, if it's going to be more like Batman and Robin, then, you know, I'm done. You know, I don't want to see a Batman movie because it'll just ruin it, ruin my fandom even more, you know. So, yeah, I, I didn't go to any midnight premiere for Batman Begins. I didn't, I didn't even go to see it in the first two weeks. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Until, what did you uh, do? Go see it at, at the Dollar Theater on, you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, it it wasn't a dollar, but it was five dollars. It was a five dollar movie theater. The only reason why I saw it was because somebody told one of my friends told me that you know this is the Batman that you know you've been waiting for and blah 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 everything that everybody's ever said about well uh, Batman uh, Begins. If I remember, Ebert basically said this is what I've been waiting for in a Batman film. You know, like that was exactly what he th- that's a quote from his review that that this is the bat film that he's been waiting for after four others that he was like, this isn't Batman. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But like, you know, I was at that age. I was uh, I was six, 16 or 17 at the time. And uh, yeah, I was 17. Yeah. Yeah. That's and like, old. I. <laughs> I had rewatched Batman and Robin like I'd say like a couple of years before that as as an adult well not an adult as a you know somebody with that wouldn't think that was cool and you know it it just leaves a real bad taste in your mouth and I was like you know what I'm done with Batman they killed this franchise this franchise is done you know so I didn't I I, I didn't see it I didn't watch any of the trailers until the actual dvd came out um and did yeah, you not watch I the did. super bowl that year yeah i don't even remember but that's like, right. I forgot there was a, there was a trailer during the yeah. super bowl that year for that was it. the first time we saw scarecrow too that's what i remember yeah yeah but i mean i i just remember like just being like i don't care i mean i'll just stick to the comics the comics is my <laughs> thing <laughs> Like who? Who cares? I mean, this is probably gonna suck. It's probably gonna ruin the Batman franchise even more. And and then what did we find out? It's the basis for every origin film when it comes <laughs> to a superhero now. Right, right. I mean, it's the recipe for yeah. every, every superhero movie. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I lose my Batman membership for saying that, but. <laughs> no, I don't think you you lose your Batman membership, but I also feel like if you were a little bit more like me, like reading every possible scoop about it, like you yeah. would have you would have had a little bit more faith in it. Yeah, and and the other thing too is like I didn't read any of the reviews, I didn't really see any of the trailers, or at least I don't remember seeing any of the trailers, um, and I was. I just didn't have the information at, I mean, it's my fault really, but you know, Hey, but I bet you were pleasantly surprised when you actually went to see it. And it oh was yeah. Yeah. Especially so what was your reaction right after when it was, when the credits started rolling? Honestly, it was like, wow, they really did it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they achieved something that I thought was impossible. So from Wednesday to Sunday that they had the opening, it made $72,896. Wow. Nah, you mean million, right? 
72 million. There you go. Oh, I was about to say, dollars. like, like that would have been a considered a huge flop if it was thirty two thousand. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> there definitely would have been no Dark Knight if it made that much. I can't remember what the Dark Knight's opening was, but I know like it was probably the record. Yeah, it was like a hundred and I want to say over hundred and twenty something like that. I think. So like this movie worldwide made. Um. $374 million with a $150 million budget. Yeah, like I said, it made good money, but for how good it was, and I think for like a superhero movie, it probably it deserved to do more, I would definitely say that. Yeah. But thankfully, Warner Brothers saw it was such, it did really good critically and got people buzzing about it. That Everybody still with. had that bad taste in their mouth about Batman and Robin, so yep. they kind of had to, to crawl, bite, and you know, yeah, make get, their way into that movie theater. Get a cool like, glass of water for of a good movie down people's throat to wash away. The yeah, I mean, I honestly thought. think that Dane was the common denominator of people that went to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, and, yeah. and I mean, you can't really blame people for thinking no. that. No, because, n- not at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's Gotta blame Warner Brothers and Batman and Robin for that. I yes. mean, <laughs> even even with Christopher Nolan, who did Memento and Insomnia, and you know all those good movies that he did before Batman and or uh, Batman Begins, like that wasn't even good enough to make people say, "Hey, this might be all right." <laughs> yeah, but for me, when I was my excitement for it leading up to it was. I would say probably around, I think it was 2003, Christian Bale got cast in it, 2003, 2004. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, they're doing another Batman movie? I was just so shocked by that because during that time, we had the X-Men movies, we had Spider-Man coming out, kind of like a new era of superhero movies yeah. coming on. And I figured, man, it's going to take like another 20 years before we get Batman, another Batman movie again. Because remember, yeah. this is before reboots. Were... Which it only took eight. Yeah, I mean, we didn't get reboots at all really before that that's at the standard for that too you got to give it props yeah. for that because now everyone yeah I, I, rem- I remember reading your uh article uh, uh uh with it was an article an interview with christopher nolan and he's all like this word reboot wasn't yeah. even around back then yeah. <laughs> i know because a lot of people too thought it was a prequel to michael keaton's batman movie it was Would like you, setting it, it up which it very much could have been if you think about it. But... No, it can't. No, there's no way. Just the whole Wayne murders thing is so different. There's no way it could be a reboot or a prequel to that. Yeah, so... I guess you're right. But but yeah, I mean that's how uncommon it was. But so I wasn't expecting a new Batman movie for a long time. So when I found out about this, I got really excited for it and then started following it closely, kind of like you, Josh. I mean, when Christian Bale was cast, I mean, Dane, you and me had this debate for a while about. <laughs> You didn't think Bruce Christian Bell looked the best Bruce Wayne or the part, but I actually thought he was perfect when he was just cast. So I watched yeah. his old movies like Equilibrium and some other ones. Like, oh man, I can't wait to see this guy as Bruce Wayne. This is going to be the it best. Or not, um, I, I was sitting with my friend Sean and we were watching American Psycho mm-hmm. on, uh, I don't know, it was probably USA or TNT or one of those channels. And I just remember seeing him in the that suit and the way that his hair rested and everything. 
And I looked at my friend, and I'm like, that guy should be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and you were a prophet, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that casting. And then I remember, too, I heard the other casting announcements, and I believe the official Batman Begins website was posting the first official images of it. And I kept going, oh, Kirsten Bell looks perfect as Bruce Wayne. Gary Oldman, oh, man, he looks just like Commissioner Gordon. Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, I mean, that's awesome. And But when I heard Liam Neeson as Henry Ducard, like, I'm not too familiar with Ducard, but, I mean, Liam having Liam Neeson in the movie's cool. And so every casting bit, and then Cillian Murphy as Scarecrow, like, oh, he looks cool, too, as a Scarecrow. So everything was just fitting together so perfectly, almost. I was so, I was getting my excitement level pretty high, almost to a point where it's like, okay, this movie has to be good no matter what, <laughs> especially comparing it to what came before. So I kind of put my expectations pretty high up there. And then when we got the first teaser trailer, and it's like you said, it was just those flashes of the Batsuit, and even the Batsuit reveal, I think it was in like an Entertainment Weekly magazine or something. Yeah. Was not the biggest fan of it, like you guys. It was like, eh, it's too similar to what we've seen before. I was kind of hoping for the classic comic book look, what we're getting now with Ben Affleck's Batman. I was hoping they'd do that for that. So. Yeah. That was a little disappointing, but when we got that like, second trailer, I don't understand like what had, what had made them so scared to just like honestly like I felt that the Dark Knight suit came a little bit closer to it because yeah. the the Kevlar in between the plates was gray, mm. but I never liked how the bat the the bat symbol looked, and I never liked. Uh, the the whole suit in general, like sure, it's it was very uh, what's the word like functional, but it wasn't the bat suit, you know. To me, it's like under Keaton's Batman Returns and the first Batman movie, better than Schumacher's, but between <laughs> that and Keaton's outfits, not the best at the same time, not the worst thing ever. But I, I agree, the Dark Knight, while still not the best Batman suit we've seen, because now we've seen the best one with Affleck. Yeah. It was a step in the right direction. But yeah. going back to that second trailer that came out, that's what pretty much really sold me on the movie as far as, okay, this is going to be the Batman movie I'm waiting for. It was because we got shots of Bruce Wayne training was when he was trading with Ducard. And oh, yeah. That, that, was, that, was, very, that yeah. was very special to me. Yeah. I, mean, I wish they would have shown... Like, just a little more, like, vignettes um, with other, uh, like, trainers and whatnot. Exactly. I've been wanting to see Bruce train for so long. Like, when we saw that, I was like, oh, man, finally. <laughs> this is, like, we're going to – because that's such a cool aspect of Batman's character that I've wanted to see done on screen for so long, his training, because that's what sets him apart from everyone else. So when I saw that for the first time, I was like, Thank you. <laughs> like getting to see this in the context of a movie is going to be so awesome. So yeah, when I saw that trailer, I was I just couldn't wait for the movie. And then, like you said, the Super Bowl spots and other trailers that came out, and that opening night when it premiered, I went to a midnight showing too with my brother, who's also a big Die Hard fan, kind of like me. You were been waiting for a definitive Batman movie, and yeah, when it was all over, yeah. We were ecstatic. I mean, we had a lot of the same reactions as people had. Like, yes, they did it. This is what we've been waiting for. Batman treated right. His uh, backstory was done good. I mean, there were some aspects of his origin that I didn't necessarily, I want to say, didn't like. They just weren't my favorite. Like, the whole thing with him wanting to murder uh, Joe Chill 
and yeah. all that stuff. I could have done without that, but the stuff we got around that more than made up for it. So uh, this, just the like Gotham City itself. I mean, obviously Chicago. It was really cool that it was set in Chicago. But then they, when they they went into the Narrows and it was like a bunch of shanty towns and whatnot, like that was really strange. Which obviously it was like Lower Wacker Drive and whatnot. Yeah. Like, especially like how why when they didn't go back to that in, in the Dark Knight, I was like, well, like, okay, this is a very different movie. And, um, I don't know, I, I guess I, w- I wished for a little bit more synergy between the two. But yeah, that, I didn't really mind that too much, because kind of gave the Dark Knight its own unique feel, and Batman Begins its own feel. So, that didn't really bother me too much, but, yeah, just the whole experience, I mean, after the movie, it was just great, just being so excited and pumped up for, for it, and then... And especially how the movie ended with that Joker card tease. I mean, I don't know about you, Josh, if you were spoiled on that beforehand, but thankfully I wasn't, and that I, I wasn't. threw me away. Yeah, I wasn't spoiled on it. Yeah, because but, that's the best way to experience that. When, well, <laughs> yeah, because that's, that is the way it was done in year one. Except in year one, we got the, you know, a friend is coming to help me with a problem. And, like, he'll be here soon. Uh, Some guy named the Joker trying to pump gas into the water supply or whatever. And, I mean, unfortunately, they kind of gave Scarecrow the Joker's story, his first story, um, when it came to that. But, like, when they turned over that card... It, 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 obviously, when I saw the the back of the card, I knew what we were going what yeah. we were going for. And, the and then I turned over there. the card, <laughs> and everybody in the theater just went mad. Yeah, but <laughs> it was so awesome. Probably one of my favorite Batman movie-going experiences was that moment and just seeing the whole movie for the first time in general with other diehard Batman fans being so excited for yeah. what we were getting. It's so good. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's what it was like for us leading up to it. But uh, how do you think it holds up 10 years later, Josh? Still as good as you remember it? You know, I actually haven't watched it in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, how long would you say it's been for you? Like a few years at least? Yeah, maybe, maybe two years. Okay. Because uh, I, I got the, you know, ultimate uh, pa- uh, package of oh, okay. And it's not it, – it, I can't say that it, it would be the first Batman film right now that I would go to. Like, I like that movie a lot. But if you want to, me to choose between Batman 1989 and Batman Begins, I kind of just want to go back to 1989 just for the nostalgia and, you know, it was – Batman at his darkest until they came to, you know, Batman Begins. I, I feel like Batman Begins, like, it's so, it's so uh, wrapped up in its title. Like, it, it's, it's truly Batman Begins. It's like Man of Steel. Man of Steel, you know, 
the dude wasn't uh, Superman yet. And in Batman Begins, I kind of feel the same way. He wasn't Batman yet. Mm. So. Yeah, I just think it was perfectly paced, too. Or, I mean, they did such a good job of establishing Bruce Wayne as a character you get invested in, even before he became Batman, that when he finally does show up as Batman in yeah. that doc sequence, it's such a great payoff in the movie. Yeah, that's I can remember seeing that for the first time, too. Just being so cool of how his Batman moved just like a creature in the shadows. Just well, right. Out. It was just and, so and cool. <laughs> like, everybody was so upset with how Christian or uh, Christopher Nolan shot those scenes. But, like, when that guy, you know, was like, where are you? And Batman is hanging upside down and goes, here. Like, that was so badass, yeah. you know? Even his delivery of I'm Batman to Valcone is just, I thought was great too. Just, especially the encounter him and Bruce had earlier yeah. in that diner and then now Bruce taking him out through that car and just not show, saying who he is, but you know, what he's thinking of when he's looking at Valcone remembering that conversation that he had. And then like he he looked at the guy that he that gave his coat to. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Nice coat. Yeah. <laughs> And they say those movies have no comedy or humor in it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think it holds up just as good as it did back in 2005. I, I still love that movie so much. It's but I still think that the like the Dark Knight overshadows it so much that yeah people, people want to watch the Dark Knight more. Yeah, that's definitely the case. I mean, it's still my second favorite Batman movie after the Dark Knight. Every time I watch it, I'm like, man, they just did such a great job with this. Tell, telling the origin story of Bruce and yeah. Batman in general. So, yeah, it's I still have it in, or held it. I can't even talk. I'm still so excited about the movie. <laughs> I hold it in such high regard still, just like I did back in 2005. Yes, The Dark Knight is the greatest Batman movie right now, and it's going to be pretty hard to top that. So, But Batman Begins, yeah, it's still such a high achievement in the history of not just Batman movies, but just Batman in general. I mean, that's the first time... We really got this, like a serious take on Batman's origin. It's, it's just really well done. Yeah, I can't give enough praise for it. So. Yeah, I mean, I can't either. I mean, it it was it was a masterpiece. You yep. know, I mean. Yeah, I remember I had an uncle who's like he's like a big movie buff. I mean, he sees like some comic movies, but I would no way call him like a Batman fan or comic book fan. But when he saw it, he's like, "Man, this movie is like." Best picture Oscar worthy. It was so good. <laughs> so like, yeah. even for like the non-comic book fans, but movie fans that got their attention too. So yeah, I guess that will conclude our Batman 10-year anniversary retrospective. Like I said, it's hard to believe it's already 10 years. I mean, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> but thankfully, we got more Batman movies to come. So before you know it, we'll be uh, doing a podcast on the 10-year anniversary of Batman v Superman <laughs> and Ben Affleck. No, uh, I think I think we should definitely do one on, uh, or if I'm still around anyway, on uh, 2008. Oh, 2018. That's a uh, given. <laughs> Dark Knight. Oh yeah, that's a given. <laughs> Pretty much all the move Nolan movies will be doing 10 year anniversaries. <laughs> yeah. But with that, we can go ahead and move on to our news discussions. And you're probably wondering, Dane actually had to take off due to work issues that came up so me and josh are going to be continuing on with the podcast so so yeah uh, the justice league gods and monsters online shorts that are going to tie into the feature film release 
that's been put on earlier this week on uh, Machinima in their YouTube page. So they came out, uh, I believe they came out one Monday, Wednesday, and one Friday. The Batman one came out Monday, Superman on Wednesday, and then one uh-huh. to close it out. So what did you think of them, Josh? They were definitely different <laughs> than what we're yeah, used to. Yeah, uh, I, I actually really loved the Batman one for sure. Um, it, I thought it was a nice piece of, you know, Batman having a Joker and then that Batman that, you know, is Kirk Langstrom in this series, the, um, uh, a monster, like gods and monsters. It, it, it totally fits the title. Mm. Cause he's all like, she was all like, take me to the cops. And she's, he's all like the cops, you're funny. And then he drinks her blood. So, like, I wonder if she's still alive and now a vampire, or if he drained her and she's dead now. Yeah, I think she's dead. I think in one of the documentaries, they were saying how Batman does this to criminals since he needs to feed on their energy, and nobody yeah. would miss criminals. So, I don't think he'd bite them and then they turn into vampires and he'd have to deal with them later on. I believe he yeah. makes them out. And then... Obviously, the Superman one, I thought it was the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's only because of that amazing callback to uh, the epilogue of Justice League United or Unlimited, um, with Superman having to take care of a child that has such immense powers that it could you know, completely tear the fabric of reality apart. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like we talked a little bit about it and like, I know, I know you liked it. Right. Yeah. Like you, I thought it was the best one out of the three. Yeah. It's like, it kind of hits you in the gut when they reveal that (laughs) Brainiac is just a little kid. (laughs) Right. Right. And he's crying too. It's like sobbing. Like, Oh man. (laughs) Well, it's, it's like, they said that they built him in a lab, though. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Like, there there wasn't a Brainiac out there in the universe? Yeah, I guess not in this uh, DC universe. Because <laughs> like, I, I, I would have I thought that, you know, you know, Zod Superman would have known about Brainiac. Yeah, so yeah, I just kind of took it worth. Yeah, it's a whole separate universe. Things are going to be different. So this yeah. is this world's version of Brainiac. But yeah, yeah. Then the Wonder Woman one, I would say that was probably my least favorite out of all of them. Yeah, so. I mean, it's first of all, it's weird to have. I mean, who is Wonder Woman in it? It's not Barda, right? I don't believe so. It's someone who has ties to. New Genesis and Apocalypse, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, but I, I don't think it's Barda. Um, I know. Well, maybe they did announce. I'm not sure if they did, but I don't. I don't think it's Diana, though. <laughs> Which she obviously looks no, different, even though certainly it's certainly not. So. Certainly not. Uh, yeah. So out of all of them, like you said, Superman was my favorite. Then Batman. Then I go Wonder Woman. But I don't. Overall, this these shorts kind of made me a little more hopeful for the movie because when we first got that trailer 
I was like, uh, we're just getting like another evil parallel universe Justice League team movie that you know, it's been done already, so it didn't really get me too excited, despite the fact Bruce Timm's doing it. But now we got a little more info on it, and we've seen these shorts. It's not that they're bad. They're just not necessarily, I guess, as good as our normal Justice League team that we're used to. They're still heroes. I mean, they're taking down criminals and villains, but maybe they just do it in a little more darker way. I mean, you get definitely with Batman. And I know Superman's supposed to be real arrogant in this universe. Yeah, yeah. Same with Wonder Woman. So I'm a little more open to the idea of it now just to see how things work in this whole parallel universe from the Justice League that we know and love. So I'm definitely more intrigued with it now than I was before when we just got that initial trailer. Yeah. And just for the record, uh, Wonder Woman is Becca, who is the daughter of Hyman, one of the new gods. Okay. I mean, I don't really know too much about Becca. Yeah, but... either. <laughs> but now we know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I like that, like, she was still with, like, Steve Trevor and yeah. whatnot. But it's like... There was no Diana ever that wanted to leave the island. Like, I don't know. There's just some inconsistencies that, like, kind of don't make sense. Like, I I hope they show, like, what happened to, you know, Bruce Wayne. And, like, did he die in the shooting? Or, and, like, I hope they show what happened to Kal-El, you know, just to give us a little background on, like, what happened to make it this way. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if we'll get full explanations, but I'm sure we'll get, like, little hints or some, like, Easter egg stuff of, like, Diana Clark or Kal-El and Bruce of what happened to them. So I know they can't resist throwing little, like, hints about what their status is in this universe. (laughs) Right, right. So, yeah, I guess to say we'll give those shorts a thumbs up overall. I mean, some were better than others, but Definitely yeah. put a more positive spin on the whole movie for me, anyway. So it definitely yeah, did its job. I mean, in that I, we we both rank them: Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yep, <laughs> we're definitely in agreement there. So hopefully they'll work together as a team when we see them in the upcoming movie. Now that we've seen them yeah. solo, so. And I also want to know, like, it, since there's a Harley Quinn, is there a Joker? Ah, I so there hope is. There's, there's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> I so hope there's a Joker. Now, if we see him or not, there's the question. (laughs) But he definitely exists, yeah. All right, so next up, a little bit of news where earlier this week it was announced that Batman Day 2016 is coming back. It's going to take place on September 26th, and it's more like festivities that they're going to be having at comic book shops, bookstores, schools, and stuff like that. So this for Batman Day, I'm kind of glad they're trying to do – I guess get their own version of Star Wars Day with May the 4th (laughs) with Batman. He definitely deserves to have a day that's recognized every year. But I think it should be something that's a little more like that fits in with the history of the character. Because last year it wasn't in September. I believe it was in May. And it seems like they're bouncing around the date. They should just give him a pinpoint date that is going to be Batman Day every year. Well, I think that, you know, was the last one by DC Entertainment mm. or was it just by someone who decided it was going to be Batman? No, it was by DC. Yeah, so like I said, this is the second one in a row. So Okay. Which well, kind of makes it like, yeah, they should have kept it on the same day, like maybe the first day that Detective Comics 27 was published or something like that. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't care that it has a different day of year myself, but it would be, I, I can't say it wouldn't be nice to have, like, a annual holiday on the same day. Um, yeah. Like, I, I just, I just wonder, like, what's going to be there, you know, like. Well, they're going to have, I, they didn't say what stores, but they're going to have, like, different comic writers and artists appearing at comic book shops and bookstores. Is it, is like it just in L.A. and Burbank? They didn't, that's the thing, they didn't really say. I'm sure that's going to where the majority of them are going to be taking place. Yeah. So, but I guess we'll have to wait till they make more official announcements as far as where all these guests are going to be at and what stores. Yeah. I hope we, too, eventually, if they continue to do this every year, Batman Day can be somewhere we'll get, like, new reveals or as the DC movie starts rolling along, like trailers. Or yeah, I mean, I hope that we like get that. like some clips of uh, Batman in Batman v Superman or something like that. Yeah, that's really cool. Exactly, because that's what Star Wars is doing now. It's becoming bigger and bigger every year, where yeah. they actually make big announcements now on that day. So yeah. if Batman can get to that level, I'll be all for it. I mean, especially with you know. Batman versus Superman being the most anticipated movie of 2016, right as of right now, mm. even over Civil War. Yeah, like that's huge, and they should take advantage of that. Totally agree. Yep. So again, the date is going to be September 26, 2015, and at the very least, I'll definitely be wearing a Batman shirt that day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing my part. Yeah. All right, so with that, we can go ahead and go into our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback section, which is always our favorite part of the show. And Alex sent in another email saying, hey, Bat fans, where were the other drugs going? I mean, how are you guys doing? <laughs> the other drugs? <laughs> what happened on the last episode? He's getting in with the Batman Begins celebration. <laughs> oh. <laughs> where are the other drugs going? Right, right. Hey, that's... <laughs> Uh, that just might be my favorite scene of the whole movie. I just love that sequence. Swear to me! Yep, uh, that was like where I went, yep, there's a Batman I've been waiting for on screen. <laughs> but he goes on to say, All right, I got to comment on the Clone Wars. So I finished watching a good portion of the series, and I have to say, it was really good. Although that's got to be one of the most mixed shows ever. I feel like for every Robin's Reckoning quality episode, there were 15 I've got Batman in my basements. Hmm. Might be a little too harsh, Alex. <laughs> he says, as soon as a talking droid, a bourbon character, or a kid shows up, I immediately skip the episode. Even though Dane said it was odd to watch the Muppet show as an adult, I would watch one of those in a heartbeat over hearing one of those skinny droids again. I never watched the Muppet show, though, so maybe that's too strong of a reaction. But those guys made me beg for Jar Jar. Yeah, the battle droids, Alex, they were annoying the first season, I'll give you that, but they really toned it down as the series went on. So... All the droid stuff wasn't so bad. Like I got my, I've got Batman in my basement, like on the bottom of the Batman animated series episodes as far as good ones. So no, I mean I I would think that the worst episode of Batman the animated series is the one where he has to go into the sewer and fight the guy that trains crocodiles and whatnot. See, I, there's some stuff in that that I like about that. It's not definitely not one of the good ones but i put it above some of the other like really bad ones especially that yeah. batman in my basement <laughs> but he goes on all right now that i got the negatives out of the way here's for the positives the show not only made maul a cool character it made him a character 
That lawless episode was fantastic. Yes, it was. <laughs> I would have preferred that Maul stayed dead and that they created a new character, but all those episodes brought the show up to a new level. Not only that, but Maul was a great plot device to show how a noble of guy Obi-Wan is. His reaction to his girlfriend's death embodied everything but the Jedi is supposed to stand for. Speaking of which, the show did an amazing job exemplifying why the Jedi Order were doomed to fall apart. The season 5 finale arc with Ahsoka getting judged by the Jedi Council were my favorite episodes of the series. I was happy she left the Jedi Order because these guys are a bunch of cold jerks. Palpatine may have been <laughs> evil, but at least he offered Anakin some compassion. I always find it interesting how the Jedi are consistently telling half-truths, whereas the Sith are honest. You hit the nail on the head right there, Alex. <laughs> Everything with the Jedi. But that's an interesting point you made about Palpatine showing compassion that could probably look be looked at that way <laughs> so yeah totally agree on all your points there that lawless arc was so good and then season five finale with ahsoka not even that she left like you said just showing how you knew the jedi were gonna fail and just how their ways were falling and you could just yeah. see it right then and there totally agree with you on those ones and he goes well that was the whole reason that yoda went to dagobah right um it was part i mean he came to the realization afterwards like, yeah, th- what we're doing right now isn't probably going to last. But it wasn't, I don't think, the specific reason why he went there, though. Just maybe to find out why he was able to commune with Qui-Gon during that whole time. But Alice continues, In regards to the Court of Owls being introduced as villains, I don't know how they could do that since Batman has been around for so long. It wouldn't make sense that he wouldn't know about such a powerful organization. Batman sets up all different secret locations over the city and has so much advanced technology for there to be a cult of villains that has such an influence on the city, right? Well, see, that's the thing I, why I think Court of Owls works so good. I mean, just as it did in the comics, Batman does not expect it, and that's where they're able to trump him on a few instances, like we saw in the Court of Owls story. So that's why well, I think that, it works so good. Well, that and like, if I remember the story correctly, like there wasn't talons like going out every night or whatever. It was. It had been a while since they had been, like, woken up, right? Yeah. And, yeah, even when they needed, like, someone murdered, it would be, like, so secretive, no one would even know about it. Yeah. they'd either kill everyone in the room or they'd only have one person to kill and no one would know about it. So, Well, yes. that, I honestly still think that Scott Snyder, like, owes a lot to uh, Grant Morrison setting up a little bit of the history of Gotham in the return of Bruce Wayne in order to make this story. But that's just me. Yeah, you could definitely say that. I agree with that. But I think just the whole idea of the core being around for so long and not Bruce knowing about it, I think that's part of the charm of what makes the stories work so well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, you, when have we ever seen Batman caught off guard so easily? Exactly, yep. You know, you you had to set up a formidable villain for him, and a formidable villain is what we got. <laughs> totally, yeah. It's, uh, that's what I talked about in the last episode. I think this would be so perfect to have them <laughs> as the villains, it's especially once Batman is going to be established for a while in this new DC movie universe. But Alex goes on to say, um, that would kind of be like if they have a Joker, a regular human, who has Arkham under his control, who knows intimate secrets about everyone around Gotham, and who could take down every alley of Batman in mere days. I'm just kidding, guys. I know it's not like that, at least from a certain point of view. No, in all seriousness, I thought Court of Owls was the best Batman story since Long Halloween. It would be cool to see them on screen. but I Wow, that's, like... that's a huge thing to say. 
And I I don't know where exactly I'd rank it, but that's a fair argument. I mean, it might be. Yeah. I, I don't know what you guys have against Hush. Hush was amazing. Hush I was mean, good, but... I wish that, you know, um, Jeff Loeb would have had the balls to just make Jason Todd the you know, the the person behind us and not, you know, pull out like, oh, no, it was really Bruce's friend. Like, they should have just left Bruce's friend dead and Jason Todd should have been the villain and then we wouldn't have had to go through that awful Judd Winnick arc, you know, with him explaining how, uh, you know, how, how him and Clayface switched. <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of nonsense. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, got the redhead movie out of that. But then he says it would be cool to see them on screen. But I actually like to see them try to do their own original villain. That's probably a really unpopular opinion, though. And then his questions. He goes, "Did you guys check out E3? And what were your thoughts on the convention?" Well, yeah, as you heard us talk about in the beginning, Alex, we did follow some E3 stuff. So needless to say, we're excited about a lot of stuff. We talked about Final Fantasy VII Remake, No Man's Sky. But for me, another game I want to mention is a game called Cuphead. I don't know if you saw this, Josh. It's no. one of the indie games, but it's it's a side-scroller, but it looks just like a 1930s uh, cartoon, like an old Mickey Mouse or a Popeye's films. Like, the, are you that, talking like it kind of looks like Felix the Cat? Mm-hmm, yeah, the art style on it is just so cool and unique. And like, just when you look at it, it's like, oh man, I really want to play this. <laughs> this looks, it's an old school side scroller. Like, a, like some of it's a shooter, some of it looks platforming, but the yeah. graphic style on it just looks so cool. So I, that's one I'm definitely excited for. That like, you had Final Fantasy here, you had Battlefront, which looks awesome. Kingdom Hearts 3 was shown again, and then out of those, out of all those other awesome games, that Cuphead came out of nowhere. It was like came to one of my most anticipated games. But see, I I saw an uh, a reaction video on YouTube about the Final Fantasy 7 re- reveal, mm-hmm. and if they showed Kingdom Hearts 3, he clearly didn't know it because he was like. Tell me this is tell me this is Kingdom Hearts three. Please tell me this is Kingdom Hearts three. And <laughs> Man. like I, I don't know, he must have missed it, and wow. I missed I missed it. So yeah, I, I, you're not doing interviews with people <laughs> at Square <laughs> Enix and not looking like an idiot. Yeah. Not like one of the big things out of the whole show. Like, <laughs> oh man. I love Kingdom Hearts though. Like, oh yeah, I can't wait for that game. I'm actually still going through the HD remakes right now. <laughs> Like especially now that Disney owns Marvel, like there's so much potential for Mars 3. Oh, and Star Wars, man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so hopefully it'll be worth the wait when eventually it comes out, but who knows when. <laughs> Alex says that I didn't watch anything other than the Metal Gear Solid 5 trailer because that's the only franchise I'm into, and I oh. loved it. Although I don't know how anyone who hasn't played every single one of those games would know what the heck was going on in it. If you watch C3, you guys got to let me know what games I should check out. Yeah, Metal Gear 5, I played two or I played three and four were my last ones. And for some reasons, not getting into Metal Gear 5 or whether it's it's been so long since the fourth one or like you said, Alex, the story, because it definitely is a complicated one. So. I don't know. Probably not going to be getting Metal Gear Solid 5 for a while anyway. 
Are you a Metal Gear fan, Josh? No, I'm not. I I didn't like the first one, so mm. I didn't go on from there. I just think that the gameplay and the story, it moves too slow. Yeah, it's definitely a required taste, especially if, I know it gets a lot of flack for its long cutscenes and the convoluted story, but I enjoyed the, what it was in the third and the fourth one. I saw my brother play the second one, but I never actually played it, so I can't say I played all of them. Mm-hmm. But it'll be up to you, Alex, to let us know how Metal Gear Solid Five is once it comes out. And then his final question is, what are your top five lead performances in a superhero flick? So this one... I had to think about, but then when I got it narrowed it down, it was pretty easy. It, I'm not going to go in any like particular order, but if I only had to choose five, it would be Christian Bale as Batman, Heath Ledger as Joker, Christopher Reeve as Superman, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and then I'd probably go in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I'm going to go Chris Evans as Captain America. I really like his performance as Cap, and especially coming off of uh, being known as the Human Torch in Fantastic Four. And when he was first cast, I was like, oh man, I wonder if he's, how's he going to pull it off? But he pulled it off great, and now I really can't picture anyone else being capped. So I'd probably go with those five as the best performances in uh, superhero movies. Only you kind of cheated, because technically Heath Ledger was a supporting role. Ooh, that's <laughs> a good call, good call. Hmm. I forgot the lead performance. Okay, if I can't go Heath Ledger... I guess I'll go. Thinking of the Marvel movies right now. No, I'll go. With, I'll go with an obvious one. Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Um, for me, I would actually put Robert Downey Jr. over Christian Bale. Um, then Chris Evans, um, then Hugh Jackman, and finally, uh, Chris Hemsworth for Thor. Mm, Okay. So you got all three main Avengers in there. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it was between him or, you know, uh, Henry Cavill as Clark Kent. But I don't think that we've gotten the best of him yet. So. Yeah, Henry Cavill was great, but I mean, Christopher Reeves is just, he is Superman and Clark Kent for me. <laughs> it's like, right. no matter how good another Superman performance is going to be, I don't think it'll, it'll ever be top for what he did. So I had to put him over there instead of Henry Cavill. Yeah. All right, and then now we got Mike has sent, come back and send us an email. Glad to hear another email from you, Mike. We're getting a little worried there. It's been a few episodes since we heard from you, so glad to get in the emails from you again. And he says, hey, guys, how's it going? Been a while between chats. Unfortunately, life has been getting in the way, so I'll be a little hit and miss with sending emails. By the time you put the show up, Arkham Knight will have come out. Are you getting it day one or holding off? Did you hear about the global cancellation of the Batmobile edition? I had it pre-ordered for over a year, then got emails less than a week before release saying due to unforeseen circumstances that greatly compromised the quality of the Batmobile edition. Exact wording, he says. They had to cancel it. It must have had some serious problems to cancel it a week before. They would have been completely made by that time. Oh well, hopefully that will be the only dent for this game. Are you bummed that this is the last one from Rocksteady or keen to see what they do next? Justice League game, perhaps? Yeah, I mean... 
the Batmobile one, I didn't have pre-orders, so that's not really a big loss for me. But I'm sure those who are looking forward to it has got to be disappointed. And hopefully they're getting some other stuff as far as to get in exchange for that or some some special feature. I don't know. But um, I pre-ordered it through Amazon, so I should hopefully be getting it on day one once it gets here in the mail. I got an email that said expect or guaranteed delivery date on the 23rd. So hopefully they'll deliver on that front. Yeah. Then he says, did you see the Batman Unlimited Animal Instincts? I actually enjoyed this more than any of the recent Batman DC Universe movies. Yeah, it was for kids, but it felt like Brave and the Bold, so I liked it. There was a few toy things what? in it, but you have to know that it's going to be there from the start. How the hell do you that. think that felt like Brave and the Bold? No, I could see that. <laughs> no, with the team-ups and kind of how the little more like kid-oriented stuff it was for, I could totally see it, yeah. Oh, the wait, the Animal Instincts. I'm sorry. I was thinking Gods and Monsters. Oh, <laughs> that one would be a different story, yes. <laughs> well, you see, that, like, like I had said, I thought that it took, you know, as much as it could from Batman the Animated Series, and it uh, didn't make the mistakes of the Batman, and it took the best of, you know, the Brave and the Bold. And mash it all together, and I I I like it, and I, I I'm especially looking forward to this next one that hopefully you and I do another brilliant commentary on. Yeah, that one with the Joker being in that one and Scarecrow. Yeah. So hopefully, I think that one has the potential to be better. You know, do you think that Tim? Ba- <laughs> the weird thing about this is Tim Baker is doing Mark Hamill. Oh, you mean Troy Baker? Oh, Troy Baker, yeah. Troy Baker is doing Mark Hamill as the Joker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, do you really think it's, you know, talent just to, you know, take someone else's thing and, like, make it your own? Like, Hey, I, I loved his performance in Arkham Origins. Mark Hamill's performance as the Joker is so iconic. I mean, if you're going to go for that, might as well try to go for it all the way. <laughs> so, that, and he was in, um, what was he in? Uh, as far as doing the Joker again? Yeah, he was in, uh, he was in something else. A- another, like, direct-to-DVD thing. Oh, he was in the Assault on Arkham. You're right. Yeah. Right, that's That's it. in the Arkham universe, yeah. Right. Yeah, so I'm totally on board with him doing it. If Mark Hamill's not going to do it, I think Troy Baker is the next best actor to do it. Right. Which, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to believe that Mark Hamill is just like Dunzo. Yeah, but, never say never, though. Yeah. <laughs> he could always come back if he wants. I'm sure they're not going to say no if he wants to do another Joker. Right, right. And Mike Kazan says, also the voice acting was great with some previous Batman Universe actors appearing. Will Friedle as Will Friedel as Nightwing was a great call. After seeing the shorts of Gods and Monsters, I am now a bit more interested in that movie. Plus, it's Bruce Tim, so you know it'll be great. So I would have loved something based on his Batman 70-year well, short. I mean, Bruce Tim was the architect of like how how the animated series looked. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, he he never actually wrote anything, so I think we might be. A no, little... he had some stories. I did. He was a charged a lot of the, he didn't write all of them but he definitely had input in what the, the feel and how the tone was going to be and story ideas so okay yes yeah, 
it's a collective effort between him, Paul Dini, Eric Radomski, and Alan Burnett. I mean, all four of them. The show would not be the same without all yeah. four of them. And he goes on to say, I was wondering, did you get to see Mad Max Fury Road? This movie was unbelievable. I was a little boned by Avengers Age of Ultron, but felt that maybe I was being too hard on it. But after seeing Mad Max, I knew what I should have felt like leaving the cinema after Avengers. Once the credits started to roll and I could relax, I paid attention to see who did the score. It was phenomenal. Turns out it was Tom Holkenborg, otherwise known as Junkie XL, who you may have heard is contributing with Hans Zimmer on Batman v Superman and mainly the Batman music. Have a look on YouTube for the Mad Max Fury Road score and have a listen. It really impressed me and makes me very keen for the Batman v Superman score. My question is, are you interested in the score only for these new DC movies or would you rather songs are inspired by soundtracks? 30 seconds to Mars theme for Suicide Squad. <laughs> Good chatting with you guys again. Well, Mike, I did not see Max Ma- Mad Max Fury Road, but I heard it's really, really good. So I'll definitely have to check it out one of these days. But um, as far as your soundtrack question, I want no band or licensed music in those movies at all. Have it be all orchestral compositions by a composer like Hans Zimmer. Uh, those days of like, Batman Forever, the soundtrack, the Batman Robin soundtrack, <laughs> different bands on there are things in the past and would have that stay there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I do not want a 30 Seconds to Mars song on Suicide Squad. <laughs> I could see that totally happening, though. <laughs> uh, hopefully they've learned by now, because really movies don't do that anymore, at least not as much as they used to. So, that, like I said, I hope that's a trend that stays that way. Just give us good old classical musical scores and I'll be happy. Yeah. All right, so that's it for our listener feedback section. Thanks again, Mike and Alex. Good to hear from you again, Mike. And Alex, as always, we'll look forward to your email on our next episode. So with that, we can go ahead and get into our comic book review section. And as always, I know when I'm hosting sometimes, I always forget to say that we're going to be going into spoilers. So (laughs) I'm not going to forget this time. We're going to be going spoiler heavy and all the comics are going to be reviewing for this episode, which are going to be Batman 41, Detective Comics 41, and Robin, son of Batman, number one. So before, as always, if we get started, we got to give a rating scale for this episode. And I was thinking something in the Batman Begins theme since we're celebrating his 10th year anniversary now. Okay, so our rating scale for this episode is going to be movie Batman movie ideas that Warner Brothers had before settling on Batman Begins. So Bat, we're going to start with Batman number 41. Josh, I'll hand it to you first. What did you think of this new era of Batman? <laughs> Um, well, it it was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Um, the whole, you know, I don't know, I I, I can't really say, like, what was the monster that he was fighting? Like, Mm -hmm. it was kind of ill-defined. But obviously, you know, it's cool to see the Powers family, you know, backing Batman because they now own the majority of Wayne Enterprises or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, It was really nice to see that, like, Jim is in a suit underneath the robot. Like, he has his own bat suit. Um... Other than that, I, I I thought I thought things went really smoothly. Like they 
there was there wasn't any parts where I felt like it like this is not Batman, you know, but you know that it's gonna be a fast turnover because they're already you know like the guy at the end goes Bruce Wayne with the, yeah. the guy that's sitting on the on the the bench and I'm sorry but. That's another Morrison moment that <laughs> is being reintroduced into Scott Snyder's story. You know, Batman, who can't remember who he is, if that's if that's the case anyway. And, you know, I just feel like we, it's so, so much like we've been here before. And... Other than that, you know, I'm fine with it. You know, I've I read the uh, the other stuff, and it, it all coalesces pretty good. I just think that this should be like an Elseworlds tale. Mm. Yeah, I can see what you're saying right there, in certain aspects of it. But so we had to give it a score. What would you give it? I think I'd give it like a three and a half out of five. Three and a half out of five out of yeah. what? <laughs> out of ideas they've had before Batman Begins came out. <laughs> there you go. Now your score is official. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, for me, I was actually, I'm just going to say I was disappointed with this one. I was expecting it to like it a lot more than I did, given how, I mean, you know how much I've been a fan of Scott Snyder's work before mm -hmm. this and looking forward to see this new take on, I know it's not, Bruce's Batman, but a new Batman. But yeah, it just didn't didn't grab me for whatever reason. I mean, seeing the intro with Gordon taking on that monster, like you, I couldn't get into the main threat, like this supernatural-looking monster that's attacking this building. It didn't feel like Batman right there. And some, like his entrance, I don't know. Just you said it, kind of still stuff didn't feel like Batman to you, but to me, it didn't have that Batman feel that I've come to know and love. It did sound like something different. And the things that I like most about this issue really were the build-up to it, like the flashbacks we were getting with uh, Powers uh, trying to recruit different police officers, but yet she really wants Gordon to do it, and Gordon's kind of hesitant. And probably I think my favorite part of the issue was when him and Bullock were talking about it, and Bullock was like giving him all this kind of like uh, flag for like, are you actually considering this? Well, like, you know, you know you can't smoke. You know you have to get LASIK surgery, right, to help your vision. Well, but it's like the whole Detective Comics coming out after, yeah, after Batman Forty One. I think did the story a really big injustice because you know we're going to talk about Detective Comics, but Detective Comics was that lead in. To where, you know, we got to the conversation between Bullock and Gordon saying, we're really going to do this. Mm -hmm. So I think they did some, they had some bad scheduling going in that respect. Yeah, I can see what you mean on there. I mean, these came out the same day, I believe. So it kind of depended on which one you read first <laughs> as far as to get the whole scope of. Well, I, I thought Detective Comics came out a week later, but I could be wrong. No, I think they came out on the same day, if I remember correctly. Okay, I just didn't remember. I, I just didn't read Detective Comics. Okay. Yeah, so that was, I did like that aspect of it. And then 
the whole thing with Gordon when he first saw the suit. I mean, Snyder, they're calling out like the people who are not on board with this already. I mean, Gordon is saying, like, that thing, I just don't see Batman in that soon. It looks like a robot bunny, <laughs> which yeah. I know everybody's been saying. And I actually don't really mind the suit. Yeah, it doesn't really look like Batman, but I think it's a cool design overall. And But, but that's why I said, you know, I love when he came out of the suit in yeah. whatever. It was... Um, cool to see that he had his own suit yeah like a gold a gold stripe down the middle and whatnot yeah it's a cool looking suit that's for sure the one he has out of the next suit yeah yeah i did like the part two where he was talking about the colors and like the operator there was going through all these different color schemes he has and we're getting all these other classic batman colors. Oh, yeah that was awesome like we got zernar yeah we got frank miller we got Normal bat suit. We got. Uh, I think we got a Batman Beyond in there too, but I I I don't have the issue. In front no, of yeah. Unfortunately, there was no Batman Beyond. That'd be really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the powers being involved. I do right. like that aspect too, like you mentioned, with the powers family being set up in the story and wanting to there to be a Batman. So, yeah. I mean, there was a few moments in here that I liked, and then like you mentioned, the ending. I'm glad they're just cutting to the chase that. Okay, Bruce Wayne looks like he's already out there, and hopefully... well, that in detective comics, that's like Harvey Bullock's, you know, quest. Like, yeah, we gotta find, we gotta find this guy. Exactly, yeah, the real Batman. Mm -hmm. I like that, and I like that Montoya is the person to, you know, lead the task force after Bullock didn't want to. Yeah, but well, we'll get to and, that. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So, and the other thing, yeah, just the whole main threat of our, this villain is, I didn't buy into that overall story. I mean, it was just, just like a filler thing to be in there to show Gordon's first, or not even, I don't know if it's really his first outing as this new Batman, but the first story we're getting of him with that. I just don't know what the hell it was. It felt like something that should have been in a, in a Batman Beyond issue or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it felt like. I don't want to say pointless, but in a way, I don't think it's going to amount to anything. Maybe it will. Snyder always does have stuff tie in together later on, so maybe it will. But to me, it just sent like no big deal, really. I mean, for yeah. first issue. So, yeah, I, I just wasn't feeling it with this one. The whole premise of the whole uh, powers wanting there to always be a Batman. That's something we've seen before, like the animated series and Project Batman Beyond before with that. So. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not writing this whole story arc off just yet. Just wasn't a big fan of the first issue, so. No, I mean, it just seems like Scott Snyder, I mean, it, he's trying to take all of the best things from all of the Batman lore, be it movie, TV show, uh, you know, comics, Mm. And he's trying to. He, it's fan service. Like I feel like this is all fan service, and it's just not coming off the the, the way that he's hoping. Yeah, I mean, I've heard. I read it just a few days ago. I've heard good reviews for it, saying, "Oh, this is a lot of fun and all that stuff." But yeah, it just didn't grab me like I thought it would. So I'm yeah. probably just going to give it two and a half out of five different Batman movie ideas Warner Brothers had before settling on Batman Begins. I mean, well, it's one of my rare low Scott Snyder scores. <laughs> the only reason I'm giving three out of five is it like, it, it, it 
acknowledge that Bruce Wayne is alive. Mm. Like, we're not playing the game of, is he dead? Is he alive? Ah, you know? That's definitely a, the smart way to go, too, because we all know he's coming back. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> Might as well acknowledge it in the first issue. And I, I really want to know, like, is he is he sitting out just because he's tired or just he's sitting out because he doesn't know who he is? Yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing, too. I'm kind of hoping, it's, like you said, it's not an amnesia thing. He's just kind of testing the waters to see how this whole new Batman situation operates and how it plays out. Because, you know, yeah. Batman wants to know everything and kind of see how... If maybe it'll be something he'll be up against down the line and maybe he wants to know all the ins and outs about it. So I hope that's the way they go. <laughs> that and it would be amazing to see like Batman face, you know, Gordon as Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, I have a feeling we might actually get to that in some weird way. <laughs> that's going to be yeah. the final, I guess, aspect of this new Bat, James Gordon Bat, or Bat Don as we coined him. <laughs> yeah, Bat Don. And like, I honestly think it might be like a moment of relief for Gordon once he sees that Batman is back. Yeah, sure. Because Gordon does not seem like he's very comfortable. Totally, yeah. I mean, that's what you would expect him to be, not to be totally on board with it either. But at the same time, I can see too where why Powers would want him to be the only guy who's right for the job. So right, that aspect is well. It's just pretty much him as when we saw him in action as Batman. I died just wasn't into it at all so that's what i'm hoping gets improved on yeah so next we have detective comics number 41 and this one i actually thought i enjoyed this one better than batman because in the context of it i mean i was just talking about how i didn't like the aspects of him in that new bat suit but this one i think to work better because it was kind of coming more from the police perspective and he wasn't in every for a lot of the issue and what we did get of him was just at the beginning and then a bit at the end so i'm kind of getting the feeling that maybe the best way to use this uh, version of batman is like in spurts where i know of course the main title of batman is going to be in a lot but maybe the stories will work better when he's not the main focus of the story and yeah i liked how this one focused on bullock and how he's reacting to this whole whole thing like we talked about before with him questioning gordon on it but him actually being tasked before this all happened with trying to find the real batman and where yeah. he's at, because he knows he's not gone. Right. But then kind of being asked to be part of this new task force that's going to be there to help the new Batman, and but as Bullock puts it, to kind of clean up the mess that he makes. So <laughs> it also it's it was also nice to see that like Bullock is getting some, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was a surprise when the when the comic started. You see that panel, like okay, how's this yeah. guy? And then you go, oh, it's Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, another thing I got to say. A little bit disappointed with this. When I opened up the page, it wasn't um, Francis Manipal or Bucciolo doing the art, which I just love seeing them do in Detective. That's one of the highlights of this comic series is their art is just so beautiful to look at. So yeah. the art wasn't bad in this issue, but compared to what we would have been getting with them, it's just like a little disappointed when I opened it. I was like, oh, oh not doing it, the art. It's closer to the art style that I like than the more cartoonish style that Capullo puts out. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, yeah, like I said, it wasn't bad, but just when I opened it up, I was expecting Manipal and Bushi Auto, and I didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole thing was... I like how this was paced, too, where it started with uh, Batman, and, or Gordon as Batman, Bat Don, in the middle of a fight, 
then mm-hmm. the explosion happens and that interrupts Bullock's night <laughs> with his partner. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the flashback like three weeks ago and we see um, Com- Commissioner Sawyer now who took yeah. for Gordon telling him that we have to stop your like, search for the Batman, but you either can go back to a rotation as a detective or you can join the Batman task force and Bullock's all just put me in rotation. Now, do you think that Sawyer knows who the new Batman is? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because, they made a point to say only a select few know, but those who need to know will know. Yeah, because I, I was wondering how Montoya knew. Mm, yeah, like I think that whole inner circle of them, they all know that it's Gordon. Well, it's like, why why wouldn't Maggie Sawyer tell him as a sweetener for him to get on the on the task force? Like, that was just, mm. I don't know. It, it, was, it was weird. Yeah. Maybe she <laughs> wanted him on there without knowing who Gordon is first to kind of prove his loyalty or something to the cause, yeah. I guess. <laughs> well, so, yeah. that, and there was the whole, you know, when's Gordon coming back? And, and they're like, he may never be coming back. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Harvey Bullock, you're a detective. Like, come on. You should have <laughs> known that Bullock Gordon. Yeah, that's a fair argument. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely see you on that one. <laughs> So yeah, the pacing of it was good. I like how it went from like three weeks to two weeks to one week. We got a pretty fun sequence with Bullock starting a fight in a police bar. With right, I love that scene. Yeah. <laughs> and then like he's about to get hit by someone, and that's when Montoya comes back. Yeah. And then I think it's either Montoya or Bullock's girlfriend that says whoever you know gets knocked on their ass first buys tacos. Yeah, apparently, Montoya. Apparently. No, I thought it was Bullock. Didn't Bullock have to buy the tacos? No, it was Montoya who said it, yeah. But oh, Bullock yeah. didn't lose the bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was a yeah, great introdu- reintroduction to Montoya and having her being involved with this. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking I'm going to like Detective more because they're bringing back kind of these old characters that used to know and love Bullock and Montoya together again. Yeah. And then the one thing that I was kind of like, oh, okay, we'll see where this goes is how they're setting up with Bullock's detective girlfriend being kind of like a double agent type thing where she looks like she might be a bad guy where she, because that the whole issue ends when that flashback sequence was like, she gets a phone call that says, good, kill them all, kill them all and all that. So we'll see where that leads and where her true loyalties lie. But mm-hmm. yeah, overall, I enjoy this issue a little more than Batman 41. I think the premise works better when you're viewing it from the police perspective and Bat Don's used a little bit less than he will be in his main title. So I'm going to give this one three. It kind of felt like Gotham Central in a way. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give it three out of five Batman movie ideas Warner Brothers had before Batman begins. I'm going to go a little higher. I'll give it a four out of five. Nice. A four out of five ideas before Batman begins. There you go. <laughs> Remember, it's not official until you say it. <laughs> now we're going to go into Robin, Son of Batman, number one. Oh. So I'll let you start with this one, Josh. What would you think? Um, well, I, I really don't know what I'm supposed to think. <laughs> Like, like I said, I wish that they would have done one issue of Damien kind of grieving for Bruce and then deciding, you know, he was going to go out on his own because that's what we do. And But instead, like, what we got, which I'm pulling up the issue now on my computer, it was really busy and, 
like, I wasn't quite sure if, like, things were really happening or if they weren't. And, like, this man-bat thing, like, why is that something that Damien would want to go save? And then it was kind of cool that they threw back to Batman and Robin with the, you know, the nobody yeah. case. And um, it's nice to see Bat-Cow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's always great to see Bat-Cow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... It, it wasn't a bad issue. It's just, like, where where are they going with this, you know? <laughs> Like he's, you know, the the year of blood. Are they saying that he did something in the past that, like, he killed people for a year or something? Or yeah, well, we know with that. I mean, he's definitely gonna atone for what since he says that he's committed in the past. So this was not like, all trophy. Is he talking room, about that... nobody, or is he talking about? No, stuff? I think. Talking about his time under uh, Talia and his training okay. of assassins. That's what I because he saw that old trophy room of stuff that he's had from, I think training that he had, and I'm sure people that he's killed from that. So yeah. in some way he's going to want to atone for that, which is something I liked about not necessarily in this issue, but what's going to happen going forward. But that's going to be the thrust of this comic series of Damien atoning for his past and kind of becoming more the hero that he knows he has to be as. Robin and Bruce Wayne's son. So I do like aspect, that aspect of it to where yeah. the series is going to continue on. And, like, I kind of like that they're setting up, you know, a nobody too. Yeah. It's like arch enemy. Yeah, I really like that aspect too. Because I thought nobody was a cool villain. Yeah. His costume design is great too. And then now we know he has a daughter or someone who thinks that yeah. he's his, her dad. So she's carrying on that legacy with another cool costume. <laughs> And she's going to go, she saw a video from his, nobody's mask. That's all Damien kill him. So she knows who to look out for as far as to get revenge. But uh-huh. yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this issue. It was fun. Like I said, I like what they're setting up. And then too, I know you're talking about that man bat whose name's Goliath. I think it works pretty well because we know Damien has a, an affinity. For, <laughs> a, I can't even say it, but he <laughs> he like he gets along well with animals. We got Batcow, right. we got Titus, we got the cat. So it makes sense that this probably was maybe like an early friend or pet that he had under his League of Assassins days. And when he found out it got kidnapped, he wanted to go save it because he probably still has some feelings for that pet. And deep down, he really cares about it. So I kind of like how we're going to be getting like this animal master relationship going forward from Damien and Goliath, which I think can work really well and make for some touching moments, I think, too, because Damien's had that with Titus and some of his other pets, too. So well, look forward to see where that goes. Like, what the hell was up with, like, Damien attacking his mom at the end? Like, I, I read it more as nobody attacking his mom. No, but yeah, I don't think that, that's not Damien. No way. Well, she's she's about to say date. She says Damien. Yeah, but I don't think that's him. She's probably screaming out his name. I would think. Uh, yeah, yeah. No way. After what we got, Damien saying he's going to atone for his sins. I don't think we'd be getting seeing him do and, that. I mean, it's interesting that after you know, Talia took a bath in the pit, that she doesn't remember who she is. Mm. Yeah, who knows the different effects the Lazarus Pit can have on someone? I yeah. guess. But so yeah, I enjoyed this issue. Um, I was kind of on the fence to see like 
if I continue with it after I read the first issue, but I think I'm going to go with it for a while. This issue yeah. kept me interested enough, and there's a lot of good Damien moments in here, too. So I'm going to give this one three and a half out of five Batman movie ideas Warner Brothers had before Batman Begins. Uh, and I'm going to give it three out of five Batman movies uh, ideas that Warner had before Batman Begins. Nice. So we're pretty much in agreement with most of these issues, <laughs> for the most yeah. little different. Yeah, I mean... There wasn't any that, like, maybe you want to say zero out of five. Yeah. Like <laughs> nope. One out of five or something like that, you know. But I will say it is rare when I give a Batman issue two and a half. <laughs> it's rare <laughs> when that happens. But, but then also there's what I want to throw in. Yeah, go ahead. Batman, Superman. You know, Superman has obviously been outed as Clark Kent. And he's he finds out that the uh, weapons that the people were using against him, who outed him, uh, trace back to Gotham. And when he gets back to Gotham, he goes straight to the Batcave, looks for Bruce. Alfred's sitting there with no hand and is basically saying, like, dude's dead, sorry. And it was a heartbreaking scene. Like, whoever did the art on that, I wish I can give them a shout-out because I don't remember, but they made Alfred's face just so sad. Like, it was a grieving face. And uh, obviously Superman met up with the new Batman, and like it's kind of weird that that like they're du- they're they're duking it out because already <laughs> yeah like you would think that Bruce or, or Batman being a member of the Justice League the, the Bat Don would realize like there's no there's no reason to, to fight Superman. Yeah, what even what even started the fight? Anything, or was that just like the last page? <laughs> They're about to fight. Um, no, if I remember, they fought a little bit before. Superman was on Supernova. He wasn't quite up to to power in order to like really mess up the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end. It was kind of one of those things that, like, they started with, like, the Bat Don versus Superman fight, and then they went back to when uh, Alfred and he spoke about Bruce, and then it flashed forward to him and Bat Don, you know, him just about to get hit by Bat Don, which we saw before. Um before he went to the cave. Okay. So, uh, w- honestly, what started the... What started it, I I, I can't tell. Like, <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Glad they made it clear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, it, might, it might be one of those ones that I have to go back and reread. Okay. <laughs> but I just, I just know that's why Superman went to Gotham. And, like, all of a sudden, like, Clark Kent being Superman 
is, is just making everybody like a nerve, you know? Mm. Yeah, there was. I, mean, I didn't read that one. I'm not getting into the Superman stuff. I mean, the idea of having Superman, everyone knows his identity, is a cool concept. I think that could work for good stories, but I'm just not sold on, from what I saw, of how Superman's being treated like that. I mean, there's a shot in, I think, Superman, well, where he's, like, like riding that. a motorcycle and yeah. busting through windows with criminals. And, like, uh, to me, that's not Superman. And, like... I don't. I, I thought it was only one day for him to get his power back, mm. but like this, this one day is going to take a long time. <laughs> it goes through this truth crossover. Because it goes into Wonder Woman, it goes or Superman Wonder Woman. It goes into Batman Superman. Obviously, it goes through all the action comics Superman. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. Uh, let's see. There's Superman, and then there isn't there like the Adventures of Superman. No, I believe and... it's just Superman in action comics. I think right now. Okay, so like it's gotta be the longest day ever for sure. Yeah, <laughs> especially without his powers, it's gotta make it even feel longer for him. <laughs> yeah, like and like they mentioned why he couldn't hear his heartbeat. So, uh, Bat Batman's heartbeat anyway. Mm. It was because he was, he wasn't powerful enough, and I mean I doubt Superman will have anything to do with like getting Batman his you know I it's either his balls or his memory back, but uh, I like that little touch that they were like I can't I can't hear his heartbeat because you know I don't have all my powers left. Yeah. So anyway. With that being said, I give it a four out of five ideas Warner Brothers had before that in the game. All right, cool. So with that, that's going to conclude our comic review section in the episode. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And as always, you can find us over on the host site, The Batman Universe, at thebatmanuniverse.net. And you can find them on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse and on Twitter at batmanuniverse. Then also you can follow all of us on Twitter. I'm at ChimG311. Dane is at Dane Says Banana. And Josh, you are on JP Hawkins 1047. Gotcha. You need to tweet more, Josh. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's where I'm always on. <laughs> I might I might actually change my Twitter name to just Josh Paul Hawkins, because I'm pretty sure no one has it. Yeah. <laughs> And then also, you can find us on iTunes as well as all the other Batman Universe podcasts. And you can rate and review us there. We much appreciate it. And if you have any questions, you can send us an email like Alex and Mike on this episode at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can check us out on social media on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash batfanspodcast, and on Twitter at batfans27. So with that, that's going to do it for this one. Josh, thanks for joining us again on this one. Getting the uh, chat for Bat Don. <laughs> Like I, I really like you guys, and I, I'm working for that permanent spot. <laughs> <laughs> Step one has begun. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that, we'll see you all, you guys, next time. Take it easy.
Yeah.